to Rat and Rave Wrestling, episode 26. I'm your host, the Double R Superstar, Roy the Roy Rowe, and I'm joined this week by Blake Short. That's good news. And Greg Ovison. Hey, I'm at home. This week, we discuss what I'm calling the WWE Cinematic Universe and the top 10 most paid WWE wrestlers before getting to our main event, where SmackDown, Raw, AEW, and NXT square off in a three-round debate for brand supremacy. But first, a little roundtable discussion where we discuss our lives and the world of wrestling for the last week. Who wants to get us started talking some bullshit? I like talking bullshit. Get the fuck out of here, Blake. All right, Greg, what you been up to, my man? So, uh, I've been staying home, guys. Good job, uh, good job. I don't, I don't know about you, but I've been staying, I've been staying home. Um, I, I had a four-day work week, uh, with yesterday being Good Friday and my company being super religious. Uh, I was off yesterday, so got a nice little three-day weekend. Um, other than that, nothing has changed. I'm home, and that's it. <laughs> Did you eat meat? Right. Oh, and my daughter turned three months old yesterday. Yay! Is that a milestone? Well, I mean, for the first year, you usually count the months, and then anything after that, I usually kick people in the teeth if they're like, "My daughter is sixteen months old." Fuck you! All right, I'm gonna listen and see if you do that. <laughs> I I, I'm not doing wait it until she's Kim gonna be a year and four months at that 16 point. Sixteen months old, and Roy and I and are on that status. I'm a so comment I'm every time. Note. I'm a comment like, every time. She is a year and four months. Quit saying sixteen months. <laughs> So, so did you eat meat? Why are you keep ignoring me, man? Did you eat meat on Good Friday? I didn't. Um, not, not for any beliefs, but to support my son, who, for lack of better terms, is made to not eat meat, even though he doesn't follow either. Um, but, you know, with that being said, I uh, t- yeah, that was, there's too much information left out. That's very confusing. So, I'm, gonna, like, I'm, gonna I, to I'm the boy's dad, and I'm supporting him not eating meat that he's forced to not eat. And <clears throat> we'll just say there's more to the story, and that maybe it shouldn't be dived into. But I, I hear what you're saying. It was so open ended. It's like I yeah. hate, now that's a cliffhanger. We, like, I feel we like understand I what's know. going on, but everybody else is like, "What does that mean? Leave the boy alone." <laughs> so we ordered we ordered Vince's for lunch yesterday. Vince's crab shack. Uh, I had an, an amazing fried shrimp wrap. It was really good. And then um, for dinner, we just had pizza. Uh, they had cheese pizza. I got a pizza with a few toppings on it, but all vegetables for the most part. I've been craving crab cake the last couple of days. I heard. Hey, Crab King, why don't you tell him what a good crab cake is? Look, it was crab and Crab man, my bad. Crab man. <laughs> and I told it him. It was a reference to my name is Earl. If any of you watched quality TV, you would understand that. Nope, not at all. Had no <laughs> idea what Crab Man was. But it, I did but I don't remember. That five ounces is a solid crab cake. It's a solid crab cake. And I knew that you didn't know what I was talking about, so I appreciate you. You didn't even question it. You're just like, all right, good okay. enough. I was just like, yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm the fucking crab man. <laughs> so I think... Greg and I, unless Roy didn't eat meat yesterday, are about the only ones because I was a little concerned doing DoorDash on Fridays. Always my busiest day. I kill it on Fridays, and I'm like, this might not be a good day because people may not order out. Yeah, everybody ordered meat. <laughs> there was no difference. I was like, maybe I'll get a lot of pizzas today or something. Not one pizza. It was all Chick-fil-A, the usual stuff. So I guess we're in the minority here, not the majority. Chick-fil-A. Than, say that again? Chick-fil-A is not meat. Chicken is chicken is meat. meat, and that's all people got was chicken. You can eat chicken on Good Friday. It's poultry. 
I don't think you can eat chicken. We'll have to look into that. It's a good question because I always was under the impression that you could not eat chicken. But either way, people were getting burgers. Loser has to eat a live chicken on the podcast next week. Uh, I'm not I'm agreeing out. to that. This yeah. is between you guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm not agreeing to that. I, I'm feeling pretty good other than everything going on, which we all know about. and We don't need to discuss every week. I've been pretty good. I feel like I've got my schedule down right now. I'm starting to get in a nice little groove. I'm a little upset of the things that we can't do. But it's not bothering me to the point where I feel depressed about it or anything like that. I'm excited to get back to the things that, that we usually do. It's depressing for me to not have sports. But at the same time, I'm just taking it day by day and enjoying the days that I do have. And kind of in the mindset that with everything going on, don't take some of the little things for granted. All right. Well, for the last week, I repeatedly took everything for granted. Uh, I wore I wore my hair my hair in a ponytail yesterday. That was fun, and that I slept sexy. with it that way too, so I didn't keep like sleeping on my hair and then having to get up. And it's a whole process. I cannot wait until I can go get a haircut without worrying if it if it's going to end my life. Um. I, I think I have two weeks into Animal Crossing and I'm 100 hours in, which is crazy, but yeah, it makes complete sense. Uh, other than that, I don't think there's been anything new going on for me. Still got my cats and my Animal Crossing, and life's great. Dude, the haircut thing, you're you're on point there because I normally get one every three to four weeks and I'm I'm in a little bit of a panic right now because I'm at four weeks and I don't know what is about to happen, how long I'm gonna be waiting <laughs> for a haircut. I'm not gonna do it myself because it would be a disaster. So it'll be interesting to see how long this goes and what my plan is three weeks from now if I find out it don't look like I'm getting a haircut for another two months. See, that's why I buzz it. So uh all I have to do is say, Hey Kim. Uh, I think it's ready for a haircut, and she just buzzes my head, and I'm good to go. It sounds good, but I'm already ugly, Greg. And You're if right. it buzzed my head, I'd be even uglier. So I got to do something to help. I don't know myself. if that's possible, bro. It is. Trust me. Trust me. You'll see if I buzz my head. Well, then you just need to become as majestic as Roy, man. I don't think I can pull that off either. <laughs> you got you to get that mane going. <laughs> the majestic one, Roy Rowe. <laughs> Enough about me and my stupid hair. All right, so the first thing that I want to talk about this week, get it out of the way, is the revival release. For me, I don't even care anymore. Uh, I look forward to what they're going to do, and if they go to AEW, which is going to be the first thing on everybody's mind, I look forward to them going there and changing my mind and making me care again. But at this point, so much damage is done that you say the revival, whether they're released or not, I just don't really look forward to them that much. Yeah, I, I saw the headline. I believe it was yesterday. Um, I saw it like floating around at first, and then I saw WWE confirm it. Uh, I actually looked at the headline and went, who? Oh, I had I had to remember who the revival even was. It's that bad. Um, my thing is, I, so... It was hard for me to get behind the revival in the first place. I just felt like they they weren't done right at all. Um, so when I saw that they were released, I just I honestly didn't give a shit. Uh, what I'm worried about is that 
they do go to AEW. I'm I'm at the point where I'm tired of AEW just becoming WWE's second coming as far as, as you know. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. They're doing great with Brody and Matt and Jake Hager, like all that. But I'm just I'm afraid that their whole roster is just going to eventually become WWE superstars. Um, so and even if they go there, it might take me a while to get into them. I, I'm not sure. Uh, but honestly, in my opinion, I, could, I, I don't want them to go right now. Um, but like Roy said, if they do, maybe I will get interested in them. We'll see. I have full faith that they would change my mind with just one big match that I'd be like, fuck yeah. But for right now, there's no interest. The fact that you forgot about the revival is a little disrespectful. But blame that on WWE, bro. I agree with you about well they here's a weird thing. Like they won the tag team championships a couple different times. They just <laughs> never times. did anything with them. Right. But I loved I love them in NXT. So I've seen some of the good work that they can do because that's when they were utilized correctly was when they were in NXT. And I know you weren't watching NXT at that time, Greg, so you didn't get to experience that. But they put on some classics. They had matches with DIY, and then they had a match with DIY and Authors of Pain that was incredible on a takeover. So they can put on a show. I don't want to see them in AEW, though. AEW's tag team division is already stacked. And I think when you bring a team like the Revival in, it's a mistake because they'll obviously have to highlight them. You don't want to do the same thing WWE did. And the effect of that will be teams like uh, like Jurassic Express. We'll see less of them. And that's a team I want to see more of. There are teams in AEW already that I want to see more of and I'm not seeing. I don't want to add another tag team to the mix. Do you guys think that's where they ultimately end up? Yeah, without a doubt, unfortunately. I I think for your sake, if you're still watching it, Roy, I'd love to see them go to NWA. Yeah. And everything that you explained to me about NWA sounds like a perfect fit for them. But all signs point to AEW. All right. So I'm going to read to you guys the top 10 most paid wrestlers in WWE. Have you guys had a chance to see this article yet? I have not. I've seen some in the past, but it's been a while, so I don't really recall. And obviously, those things have changed. I've seen it floating around, but I haven't. I haven't really read it yet. I want you guys to tell me who you think the top three most paid wrestlers in WWE are. I'm going to go Brock, Roman, and probably Seth. <clears throat> I would have said Lesnar, Cena, Rollins. Okay. Uh, number 10, at 1.9 million, is Braun Strowman. Not bad. I was, I was, surprised, to see, I was surprised to see that on there. Uh, Stephanie McMahon, number 9, 2 million. Why is she even <laughs> listed, though? Like, eh, all right, anyway. Why can't she be listed, man? What's your problem? I'm, I'm expecting this to be, like, active wrestler type thing. And she's like, oh, I partially run this company. Put my name on the list. She's a former <laughs> women's champion, Greg. Okay. Uh, number eight, Shane McMahon at 2.1 okay. million. Where are we going with this list now? Now I'm Right. Upset. What the hell? Number okay. four, Triple H. So, <laughs> how do you guys, what do you guys think about Shane McMahon making a little bit more than Steph? I mean, he's the best in the world. At least he wrestled. Yeah, so it was a little surprising to me at first, but then when I thought about it, Shane probably has some similar backstage contract and 
a wrestler's contract. So I'm thinking maybe that's why. Because I can't imagine that he's doing as much work backstage as Stephanie, right? Does this does this factor in merch? I'm not sure. I, I think it's just their yearly contract. Okay, because if it factors in merch, because I could see that being a difference. Nobody's buying actually, I, in merch. I actually, I don't think it counts merch, no. Okay, all right. Uh, number seven, Goldberg, three million. All right, we can stop. <laughs> number six, Becky Lynch, three point one million. Uh, number five, Triple H, three point three million. I was off by one, guys. <laughs> number four is Seth Rollins at four million. Oh, so close. So I'm assuming Charlotte's probably in the top three. She is not. Wow. Okay. Number three. Number three with four point one million AJ is Randy Stop. Orton. Randy Orton. Ooh. <clears throat> Number two at five million, Roman Reigns. And number one, if you take any two other people on this list, they don't make as much as number one at ten million. Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I knew about Lesnar. I knew that he was paid pretty handsomely. I'm surprised Cena's not even on that list. Well, Cena's not even full-time anymore, so he's probably only getting royalties at this point. You would think still they would be offering him something. something. Yeah, he might just be getting paid on on an appearance basis, though. Uh, So the main takeaway for me that I wanted to ask you guys, I'm a huge Brock Lesnar fan. Is Brock Lesnar worth that much, though? When you look at it, Compared to what everybody else is making, is Brock Lesnar that big of a draw? So, the thing is, is that they want him, and that's the type of power Brock Lesnar has over the company. He can easily ask for that, and because they want him there, they're going to give it to him. I don't think he deserves that much with the amount of work the other wrestlers are putting in, and it's not even a biased thing of not liking Brock or anything. If this was anybody in that position... I would be saying you're not making as many appearances. You're not, you know, wrestling as many matches as someone like Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. So why are they making a third of what you're making? So in that aspect, I don't think it's fair, but I completely understand it because uh, Brock Lesnar is a draw, obviously. Um, So WWE wants him there. They want ratings. So they're going to pay the man. Uh, So here's the thing for me. Like, I I don't think maybe necessarily that it's fair but i just i really wonder if the return that they see for brock lesnar matches makes us worth it like to be worth just a little bit more than a roman and an orton combined that's so crazy to me and to to work a fraction of the dates i just i would love to see what the numbers are like is there a huge spike in ratings every time brock lesnar is involved that makes him worth this amount what the hell is it? I would imagine there is without being able to see evidence of it, just based off <clears throat> how often they put the title on him and feature him at mania. There has to be some sort. There's got to be a reason. Yeah. There's has, has to be some sort other than name to back that. There's a reason why Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns are consistently main eventing mania other than Vince, just handpicking them. We have our gripes on Vince, but Vince is a businessman at the end of the day. If there weren't numbers that that he there if there weren't numbers there, 
I don't think he would do it as consistently as he does. I think there are numbers there that proves that these two being at the top of his pay-per-view, it pays off for him. There's two different ways that you can look at this. On a personal level, whereas like you look at your job and how you're paid in comparison to like other people, right. if you look at it in that way, then you're like, wow, that doesn't make any sense. I'd be pissed off if I did more work than somebody else and they got paid more. Well, guess what? That's everyday life. Your managers or you know your upper tier people are doing little to nothing and making double or triple what you're making and you're working your ass off. So this is kind of how it goes. The other way you can look at it is from a sports perspective, which is the sports entertainment, and I look at football for an example, quarterbacks getting $40 million a year, and then a running back who can't even get paid $5 million a year, whereas the running back is taking the beating, and they're in a more brutal position. So mm-hmm. this isn't out of line with everything else in the world. And you know what? I might be in the minority here, but I do think he deserves it. I think Brock Lesnar made a name for himself in UFC. I think he he took a risk by leaving WWE and going to UFC because if you want an example of, of it going wrong, you could just look at CM Punk, who went and wasn't successful. Brock went, he was successful, and made his name even bigger than it was in WWE, and he was able to come back and cash out on it. So I can't be upset at that. All right, fair points. Uh, I don't... I want to clarify. It's not that I feel like he maybe doesn't deserve it. I think he's a hard worker, and I think he is really good at his job. It's just when I look at it compared to the uh, to these other ones, and I, I'm just it just I see what the standard is for all the other ones, and I can't understand this man being at like twice as much. That's the part that uh, kind of baffles me. But so I was uh, looking through a few articles to make sure that see if anything interesting had happened since last night when I was constructing the show. And I actually ran into something. Spoilers. Very interesting. Uh, and this is from ESPN. It says, The XFL surprised its workforce Friday morning by issuing mass layoffs and implying a grim outlook for the future of the league. The XFL suspended operations and multiple sources told ESPN that the league currently had no plans to return in 2021. Um, And it's heavily implied, and most of us know it's because of what's going on in the world. They weren't able to recoup any of their money, I'm guessing. And so things aren't looking very good for the XFL, which it just it kind of breaks my heart because, you know, this is such a passionate project for Vince, the manager trying again like he loves football he wants to have his own football league uh he tried to get it going a second time after a huge failure it seemed to be getting a little bit of steam i mean it wasn't shaking the earth but i saw a lot of positive things about it and it kind of breaks my heart for him that it, it it's maybe canceled because of this yeah i'm uh i'm actually i was pretty disappointed when i read that because i don't know about you guys but i was actually watching the xfl every weekend I was, I was, you know, not just DC's team. I was watching Seattle's team. I was watching Texas's team. Like, I was into it. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought that it put, you know, there was a few different rules that are different from NFL that I was actually interested in. Uh, obviously, I wouldn't want to see them in the NFL just because of just the, the different level of play. But it was, it put a new twist on football for me. And the fact that, I mean, obviously, I'm a huge football fan. 
So when it comes down to any sports, it's football and hockey. If I can have football and hockey year round, I'm all about it. So the fact that hockey lasts as long as it does, and I was getting football, it may not be the NFL, but I was getting a football just as long now. I was excited. Um, it, it's going to be pretty disappointing if it doesn't come back next year. Uh, not not just from a fan standpoint. There's there's players that were that were in the NFL that may not have met the standards that a lot of teams thought they would that were getting a second chance that, you know, they were, they were able to play in a league. I mean, there was, um, I think there was a two guys that actually, when all this happened, have actually signed with an NFL team now. So it's given them exposure again. And also it, I feel bad for those players because it, it was giving them a second chance and stuff. And now it could be just ripped right out. Yeah. I feel bad for the players. I didn't get into the XFL. I kind of figured it would fail. The reason it failed was completely different than what I was expecting. <laughs> but, you know, th- this is a typical thing. It's not just XFL. A lot of football leagues, we just had, I think it was the AFL last year. They they kind of go through the same thing. And don't get me wrong, they failed for different reasons. But it just never really works. NFL used to have an NFL Europe. They did back in the day. That failed as well. It just doesn't really work for whatever reason. I think the money involved, Vince operated at a loss to even get this started. The timing of COVID-19 hitting him after already starting with a loss was probably too much for them to overcome. It's unfortunate for the players. I feel bad for the players and the coaches, and a lot of these guys are former NFL coaches and players, and they got a second chance. I'm not shocked, but I do feel bad about it. And I'm not going to lie and say I watched it. I didn't. I, I love football, but I'm I'm used to like a certain talent of football players, and I knew that I wasn't going to quite get that with the XFL. And also was kind of expecting it to fail, so I didn't want to really get into it and then have it taken away from me. But what's I do wrong, feel Blake? For... You didn't want to you didn't want to watch Matt Elam get two interceptions and then get cut yeah. from the team? Yeah, no, <laughs> no, it, it wasn't for me because of the level. But I do feel bad. You know, it's people lost jobs at the end of the day, and and I feel bad for Vince because clearly he has to have some sort of passion for it. He would have never started it twice, and it sucks that it ended this way because it looks like this is the end for it. All right. Uh, try and brighten, brighten it back up a little bit. Back next thing I'm going to talk about. The next thing I want to talk about is the WWE Cinematic Universe. So over WrestleMania weekend, we saw two very unique matches, and between uh, AJ Styles and The Undertaker, and John Cena and Bray Wyatt. Before we dig too too much into it, I will say that. Obviously, Matt Hardy was ahead of the trend here. He did this way before WrestleMania, and so I want to give him his proper credit where it's due here. Uh, What I want to ask you guys is, do you see a future for this style of match? Uh, What does that look like, and do you even want that to be the case? So, you want to go ahead first on this one, Blake? Yeah, I won't I won't take out too much of it because I know I give some long-winded answers sometimes. The only thing that I'll say is I absolutely loved both of these matches. I would like to see more of them. The only thing that concerns me is that when I think about being there live in person, I don't know how well this works for someone sitting in a stadium at WrestleMania and not seeing action in the ring and seeing it on the video board. That's the only thing that concerns me, and I'll let Greg talk about it a little bit more. So over the last week, uh, we've essentially got three different versions of this cinematic. 
Um, without touching too much on the NXT version, because I'm sure that'll get talked about within our rant and rave, there's multiple directions that they can go, and it's proven that it'll work. Um, I'm excited to see more of it. As far as Blake's standpoint with the being in an arena, watching it and all, I think if you somehow incorporate uh, in-ring, possibly going backstage and changing into the cinematic, and then possibly coming back out and finishing in the ring or something that might be interesting. I don't know how well they could pull that off, but I, there is a way to keep fans interested while being in a stadium or an arena. Um, but personally, I do want to see more of this. Um, I, like I said, there was three different versions and to me, all three went off pretty well. Um, so I'd be pretty interested to see how they do it in the future. And, uh, as long as they keep the quality of this and it doesn't go back to like the whole whatever it was called with with Hardy and and Bray and then the whole Randy and Bray like those weren't that great but what they did this past week those those were on point. Uh, I would hate it if they started in the ring and then went backstage, played the video, and then came back out. Though I do agree there are plenty of creative ways to go about it, but just that's specifically that one I wouldn't like that. Uh, Blake, the thing that you brought up, that's my main thing is as a promoter, how do you sell tickets, uh, for a few hundred to tell people like, Hey, pay a few hundred dollars, come sit in our arena and watch TV. Like you could have done at home. So I think they would have to have a pretty good card, but then again, maybe the fan reaction for this type of thing is so positive that they would still be on board. I just, I don't know if I see it working when there's a live audience and that really upsets me because I really would like to see more of it for sure. I think the Boneyard match was the best example of it. And you talked about the three varieties that we had. I think the Bray Wyatt one may be my least favorite as much as that hurts to say, uh, because it just didn't make as much sense as the other ones to me. And call. I enjoy it. Huh? <laughs> he said, and call Roy. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, all of this stuff was great. It was great entertainment, but it didn't blend into a match well enough. I, I get it. That, that, that's the only issue. So, if I had to pick one to say which one didn't work, it would be that one. Uh, what were you going to say, Greg? I was just going to ask you a question. So, you and I have talked about this multiple times, being that we've been the ones that to go to WrestleMania the most so far. We've talked about even no matter how good our seats have been. Um, even pointing out um, Miami, how great those seats were when we were practically on the floor, uh, dead center. We end up watching the like the screens. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, and I get it, I get it's two different things, but essentially you're doing the same thing anyway. We're end, we end, and we talked about this. We end up paying all this money, and for a majority of the time, we end up watching these screens just to get a better look at what's happening in the ring. So. I can see when you're kind of forced to watch those screens, there being an mm-hmm. issue. But to me, it kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah, for me, for me and you, for us personally, it works out. But I think the other, the voice from the other end has a valid point too. And I think they would probably, I think their voices would probably be a little bit louder than ours, the people who watch the screen. So for me personally, I, I would go to a WrestleMania or any event that's advertising a, a match like that, knowing that I'm not going to see it live. And, but you know what? There are times where that may be heartbreaking too. 
Like if I thought I was getting Fiend and Cena and then found out that I actually wasn't watching that live, I may have felt some type of way. I don't know. It's I don't know what the right answer is for it here. Uh, there are a, a lot smarter people that paid a lot more money than me to figure this out. I just want to see more of it. So do I. I hope they figure it out. And I, I feel the same way as you. If I was live, I'd watch that. I wouldn't have an issue with that. But I'm not the only opinion. You know, there's going to be 70,000 people and at a WrestleMania, 80,000 people. How do they all feel about it? I don't know. I can't speak for everybody. I also think it works best uh, when you're going to do it in a different setting. If you're going to do it like the Boneyard match. Um, and I really, I like it most when it is over the top too. Like some of the stuff in the Boneyard match with like the explosions and Undertaker like, he's like, oh, you made me cut myself. And there's like this big gash in his arm. All of that stuff is what I really liked most about it. So I would want to see them continue to try new locations. Which is probably another reason that the Fiend one didn't land for me as well, because it was kind of like in the ring towards uh, the like the end. It was still just, it was like a regular match, except you walked through a door and then you were crazy. I don't know. I don't really understand what a Firefly Funhouse match was, if I'm being honest. Um... Was there anything else you guys wanted to say on that topic? No, I think I think we hit on it pretty well. I do hope they do it again. I'd like to see it. I had fun with it. I think it's only, it only works for certain characters. It doesn't work for everybody. Undertaker was a great choice for it, but I'd like to see it in the future. All right, I got uh, one more maybe positive news story, and then it's all downhill from there, Blake. And I... I, I single you out specifically for a reason. We'll get there, though. Uh, per Russell Votes, the expectation is that next time we see Undertaker, he will be working the hybrid biker-taker character we saw in the Boneyard match. I wanted to ask how you guys feel about that, and how do you feel about the direction that his character took there versus the popular, extremely popular dead man character? To me, I I was always a huge fan of the American Badass and all that. Um, that was like the height of my wrestling watching um, when I was a kid. I remember going, I believe it was a No Mercy at the Baltimore Arena, and it was him versus Brock Lesnar in a biker chain match. Uh, basically, it was a biker chain on a pole. Whoever got it was able to use it, and that's how you won. Um Watching him live come out on that motorcycle to roll in at the time, I believe it was. Um, I don't think he had switched it up to uh, the Kid Rock American Badass. Um, dude, I was like, I was almost on the floor with my uncle. And I remember that being one of the most badass things I ever got to see as a kid. It was just one of my favorite wrestlers just roll out on a bike. To me, the nostalgia of it, I love, I love this version of Taker. Also, I think he kind of needed this. I think with the age... I think this more fits him. Uh, his other character just doesn't seem does doesn't seem the same anymore. Now that he's older, it almost feels like he can't pull it off as well. Whereas at his age, he can pull off this badass biker dude because they're all around his age anyway. Um, so I think it's a fresh take on it. Doing the hybrid version of it, I like. It gives you kind of a feel for both sides of him. 
Um, I, I want to see more of this one. I was actually saying, I hope he rolls in with Roland or American Badass. I mean, I was happy as shit to see that he rolled into Metallica. Like, that's the taker that I really do enjoy. Obviously, I love taker all around. But this, to me, as far as nostalgia and, like I said, the height of my watching for wrestling, this is the taker that I really loved. I think the true presence of <clears throat> the dead man died at the WrestleMania that he lost to Roman Reigns. I prefer this Undertaker. I actually feel like the best move WWE could have made was if they were going to use Undertaker again after that Reigns match where he sat down his jacket, he sat down his hat, was for him to return as the American badass because it's a completely different persona. I'm on board. I enjoyed it. I like it. I think he plays the role very well, and I'd like to see more of him in this role. All right, I agree with everything you guys say. That's the uh, American Badass Taker was my favorite. I never got into the uh, Dead Man Undertaker for years. Like I, he was always somebody that I respected, and like I knew he was a big deal, but he never invoked any emotion in me. I was never like, "Oh man, Undertaker's about to whoop somebody's ass tonight." But I would always appreciate when my favorite wrestlers were going against them. It felt like a big deal. Like that would be a big accomplishment. Uh. So I am excited to see what they're going to do here. Um, so for both so next, of you, your favorite Undertaker was American Badass? Yeah. Yeah, to me, so to me, I feel like if, if, you're going, if you're going to a match sort of like, you know, if you can't beat The Undertaker, your career's over type of thing, like Shawn Michaels, like Ric Flair, or well, Ric Flair was against Shawn Michaels, never mind. But you get what I'm saying. Um Something in that essence, I can see it being the dead man just because it fits the persona. You know, you're killing the career, you're burying the, you know. But if you're just like, I mean, obviously we're going to see AJ again. AJ's not dead. AJ's not buried, you know. So that that to me worked. Um, And I'd rather see this one because to me, when you bring out this one, it's like, okay, this guy can beat the shit out of somebody. This guy will beat the shit out of somebody. When you bring out the dead man, it's almost like it's it's almost like it's overplayed to me. Um, and I hate to say that because like like Roy said, it it was never really something that stood out to me. I mean, I liked it. Like I said, he's he's obviously in my top favorite wrestlers. I just the American badass version just it, and I, I think that goes along the lines when we talk about it, like how we used to talk about like Ric Flair, Hogan, you know, stuff like that. Like it just goes with the generation. I think had we been introduced to Taker as the dead man for a majority of our, our lives, that would have been a different story. But a, a lot of us, a lot of the big moments in wrestling that stick to us, a lot of the era that we watched, he was the dead man or, or the badass. I mean, so to me, that's why, you know, I think we we pull more towards that. And I do. I feel like he just does have a more, you know he just has this this bigger persona that I can believe in that he is going to win a match that he is going to beat the shit out of somebody. So I like, I think I, I like the way he talks so much more. I, I hate the way I hate dead man promos. I feel like he's, he try, he's trying, I can see how hard he's trying to like rattle his voice and like talk deeper. And he talks so slow and I just get so bored. <clears throat> and with the, the biker gimmick, it was all, he always talked regular. And I think that was a big part of it for me. Phenomenal one, my ass. That was hilarious. So what I was talking about character, Greg, you actually, you, you jumped me a little bit. 
the badass was not my favorite Undertaker, actually, and that's why I asked you guys. My favorite Undertaker was Ministry of Darkness Undertaker. Very fair. So, and I and I really enjoyed American Badass, but that was always my favorite the Ministry of Darkness, which we've never seen that level Undertaker since then, and we probably never will. Well, we actually, haven't really seen that level faction in a while either. Yeah, that was a pretty that, that was actually my favorite Undertaker. I when I think of Undertaker, that's what I think of. I mean, hell, that's where I was introduced to my favorite wrestler. So I'll take the ministry any day, buddy. All right, guys. I'm going to ask you to explore an alternate timeline with me here, okay? According to WrestleTalk, Jeff Hardy was considered as a replacement for Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 36 before WWE went with Braun Strowman. Now, in this alternate timeline where Jeff Hardy has beaten Goldberg for the Universal Championship in an empty arena at WrestleMania. How do you guys feel? Whose idea was this? Jeff Hardy? I, I mean, look, I I like Jeff Hardy, but Jeff Hardy and Goldberg? I, I don't know. That's, that's way out of left field. I would have never even considered Jeff Hardy. All right, let's be fair as to why he was considered. To me, that's a, oh, well, Matt's gone. Let's give his brother a shot to rub it in type of deal. I'm sorry, I but get that at I, all. Okay, I don't like understand how you guys there. don't see some of this stuff. Like, dude, I love Greg let's Stakes. Take a, let's take a look at Vince, man. This is okay. shit Vince would do. That's the exact same thing Vince would do for somebody who's just left that he wanted to keep around, although he wasn't giving them what they wanted. Let me go ahead and give your brother a shot again, and then you're you're pissed off. I'm sorry, but why else would you choose Jeff for this situation, especially when he just came back and had They've one always- match? One They've match. always loved Jeff. Exactly, yeah. but they haven't done anything for him as of late. So now we're going to just there. randomly put him in a title match. I can see Braun being put in it. Braun was just the Intercontinental Champion. They've been wanting to push Braun, but it just hasn't worked. To me, honestly, I I mean I don't care for either of them really being in it. To be honest with you, but I don't I don't see any other reason to put Jeff in it. That's just that's way out of left field to me. Um, I don't know if you guys saw it, but they tried to uh, convince Roman to shoot the uh, or to, to tape the match again after he said no. Um, they tried to throw some incentives his way, and it didn't work. But they did try to pull off the Roman Goldberg. Wow, they really. I mean, that's reasonable. I try and give him some more money too. I don't know if it was more money. Main event intact. It, it didn't list what they were. It just said that they they definitely tried to entice him. As is what I read. I don't know. All this right. is, this is news to me. I Jeff Hardy Goldberg. If I would have seen that, I'd have thought that was the fakest thing. Like somebody just made it up. I would have never expected that, considering Jeff's been gone and what he's been gone for. It wasn't just injury. There were some things going on in his personal life that it'd be a little odd to be like, oh yeah, you just got in all this trouble. Here's the Universal Championship. Not to say I'm that happy about Braun getting it either. I mean, the the Strowman Express stay off the tracks. I don't. The universal monster. Oh I gotta God. keep hearing this shit. But Jeff Hardy. We're gonna have. Sorry, Adam. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. You triggered me so much <laughs> when you just talked about that shirt. I had so much emotion, and we are gonna have to do a King of the Rant T-shirt edition we because are. that's got that's got to be number that's one. On the list. Yeah. What there. is that? Has he ever been a train prior? I thought he was just a monster. <laughs> now he's a monster train. He's he's brought on the train. And I think we do need to do that. When we're able to get out of this remote setting and we can get together, we need to do T-shirts because that shirt 
And the man's man immediately are on my mind for T-shirt, and I know there are plenty others. I was going to say, there's probably so many really bad ones out there that we're not even remembering. Oh, God. But I saw that shirt, and I'm just like, what the hell is this? All right, sticking on topic, Jeff Hardy. Here's the thing, man. I want to clear the air a little bit about Jeff Hardy. I want to get some stuff off my chest, okay? Growing up, the Hardy Boys were my favorite tag team. They were the main thing that kept me coming back to wrestling. I was I was young. I don't know, maybe like six. I, I was very young. Um, and Matt Hardy was my favorite. I had a buddy in elementary school named Alex. And he loved the Hardy Boys. And he loved Jeff. And so we would all the time pretend like we're Matt and Jeff. And um, at, the, at elementary school in the playground... Because, uh, you know, we roughhouse all the time, stuff like that. We were the, oh boy, and I hope I don't botch this, the HBPA. We were the Hardy Boys Protection Agency. Awesome. And so people could could hire us to help protect them on the <laughs> playground. Uh, so <clears throat> I've, I've always been a, a bigger fan of Matt, especially later on. They were pretty even as a tag team, I thought obviously Jeff always Jeff always got a little more attention because he did the flashier stuff. He took those risks. So my issue with Jeff Hardy is that later on, as I became more of a fan of Matt, I started to see Jeff Hardy get opportunities that I couldn't understand why Matt Hardy wasn't getting. Um, around the, the V1 time, like SmackDown, I think maybe somewhere between 2006, 2008, Matt Hardy, I felt like consistently was getting one of the biggest pops on SmackDown. And I just constantly would see Jeff Hardy going for the title. Um, and yeah, I would see all the headlines and I'm not going to, I don't know much about his personal life, just the headlines that we read in the news, same as everybody else. And I would consistently see Jeff Hardy being reprimanded for substance abuse, whether it's by, WWE or the police in some city. And this was at a point in my life <clears throat> where the people around me, my family members, the ones that were supposed to take care of me, also had a lot of issues with substance abuse. And so I kept, I, I resented him because I was like, I don't understand how somebody can live a, a particular lifestyle and be a particular type of person and still be given all of these opportunities. And it would be one week the headline is Jeff Hardy wins WWE championship. There's confetti and fireworks. The next week the headline is Jeff Hardy does whatever the hell Jeff Hardy does. And so that always that always bothered me, and I've always held that resentment. And that's why I especially loved the CM Punk Jeff Hardy feud, because it really addressed some of that. And the reason that I wanted to clear the air about all of this is because as I've gotten older, as I've chilled out some. I'm actually coming around on Jeff Hardy. And I felt like I really needed to explain that because the the level of hatred I've had for him for so long for me to suddenly just be like, nah, he's a cool guy would probably be a, a little confusing to you guys. Uh, that said, I think I would have been very interested with Jeff Hardy beating Goldberg. I can't picture it at all. I really can't. I don't know what move he has. Like, what is he, is he going to do the twist Eight of fate? Like wontons. Yeah, like 20 fucking times. I don't know what Jeff has in his arsenal that he was going to take down Goldberg. There would have to be some shenanigans. But I'd imagine you don't want to do that because 
Jeff is like the baby face overcome the odds. Um, I don't know. I just think it would have been very interesting. Sometimes I just enjoy watching chaos, and I feel like that's one of those situations. Well, that's chaos. Yeah. That's yeah. Chaos. You want to know a tag team that was better than the Hardy Boys? Stop. It was the Charm was City not. Chimichangas. Oh, uh, the Charm City Chimichangas. God. <laughs> a reference that anybody listening has no idea what I'm talking about. Not at all. All right. Uh, we'll have to explain that one another week. Um, all right, Blake, are you ready? I'm re- Am I? I don't know. You said I'm going to be disappointed, so it's hard to tell you if I'm ready. I- I'm going to prepare myself for disappointment. Okay. WrestleZone says, Goldberg winning the universal title in Saudi Arabia was a last-minute decision. Goldberg himself lobbied for the change since he sees his character as a superhero and thought losing to a monster like the fiend would hurt his image with younger fans. Here's the thing. Yeah, I knew about this. This is already such a sensitive topic and something that has infuriated so many wrestling fans. And when you hear something like this, like it was Goldberg himself, Man, all I can say is, thanks a lot, Greg. Hey, look, all right, well, I'm sick and tired of hearing you're it. Okay? Like, this shit was six years ago. Because you wanted him oh, here. I wanted him here for Brock Lesnar. To me, it was better than Brock Lesnar. Anyway, here's, here's what I'm going to say about it. It's absolute bullshit. Goldberg, I'm sorry, but he's got to be one of the most freaking self-centered, egotistical assholes then, if that's what happened. Because to me, to me, okay, so now we have this feud that's essentially going on with Braun and The Fiend now. So The Fiend comes out on top of this. Let's say he comes out on top of this. What does that do? Oh, The Fiend couldn't beat Goldberg, but Braun could, and The Fiend can beat Braun. What sense does that even make to anybody? But it, it, all of this because because Goldberg only thought about himself. He didn't care about what other wrestlers had going for him or anything. The Fiend, we all agreed, was probably the best character going at the time. And because Goldberg wants to worry about his image to little kids still, dude, you're fucking 56 years old. No one gives a shit. Like, that's the part that pisses me off. Yeah, that was insane to me. As somebody, uh, Goldberg gets so much criticism for being uh, you see all the time that he's selfish or that he doesn't care about the wrestling industry and he even addressed that on his podcast with stone cold and i kind of gained a little bit more respect for him hearing him talk about some of the stuff and some of the things that he's went went through and some of the adversity and then i read this and i'm like everything they said about you is true if this is if this is true what is wrong with you? So I refuse to let this man take away my happy <laughs> feeling right now and my and my positive that I, I've, I've been on a run of positivity since I went down that dark hole of Saudi Arabia. I was on record to say that I think he's personally a piece of shit, and I think I was accurate in that statement. That's all I well, strong take. That's all I will say. I think the man's a piece of shit, and that's all I will say. All right, guys. I think it's time to head over to Rant and Rave Wrestling. Woo-hoo. This week's rotation is Erbig. I don't really have. 
Uh-oh. Where'd you go, buddy? Uh-oh. I apologize. I dropped I dropped the phone and unplugged the headset. <laughs> he said, I don't really, and it was a kadoosh. <laughs> Back uh, I, don't any, I don't have any real rants again this week. There's just, there's not, I mean, there's a few, I do have some honorable mentions for rants because there were some things that I felt were maybe a little nitpicky, but nothing really that pissed me off or bothered me that much, at least not in a way that I can say, well, they should have done this because again, with the current situation, I don't know what it looks like backstage, what options they have. Okay. So you guys no hear me? Okay. This week? No, no rants for me this week. Well, despite my positivity, I do have some rants for this week. I think that are deserving and I'll get into my first one. It's going to be Monday night raw, the tag team title rematch, just to set up a Bianca Belair match that was DQ'd just to set up another match between the six of them. That's fair. The situation you just explained has nothing to do with this, and that's why I feel okay by having this on here, because they could have clearly just did the match they did after all that chaos originally. It was already set up at Mania. We saw Bianca come out and help them out. They just do some weird things like this sometimes that throw me off. And I think the only reason they do it is because they want to they want to advertise it. They want to advertise it as a tag team title match when really that's not what they had in mind, but it just looks good to get people to tune in for Raw. And I'm really against that. I'm against the whole WrestleMania rematch thing in general. I think at Mania feuds end. I agree. And then you start over. It's a new season. You start things fresh. And they continue to do rematches for Mania. And it, it kind of takes away from Mania, in my opinion. So that's why this is my number one. I agree with Blake on this one. This was actually my number one uh, rant as well. Um, Mania rematches in general tend to not sit well with me anyway. Um, I'm not going to touch any more on it. Blake pretty much hit the spot. So my number one rant now is going to go to Raw and them showing... Drew McIntyre versus the big show after mania. Um, when have we ever had a champion? Ladies and gentlemen, it is completely pointless, but for the first time tonight, it's time for rant versus rave. So when have we ever had a champion come out a half an hour after they've won the championship to do an in ring interview? That's not even on the show. Anyway, so then it's interrupted by the big show. Um, <laughs> the guy who cannot get a WrestleMania moment to save his goddamn life comes out after the event. They During their little promo, they're, when they're talking to each other, nothing was said about it being a championship match. Uh, big show was just saying that he wanted to prove he could take down Drew. Drew said he wasn't putting the title on the line. But then they ring the bell and say that it's for the the, the heavyweight championship. Then, okay, so I get it. Uh, you know, Drew just went through four F5s, a couple suplexes. It's been a half an hour later. I'm sure he's still feeling it. But do you truly want me to believe that Big Show could manhandle Drew McIntyre after Drew McIntyre just beat Brock Lesnar, of all people? I It didn't make any sense to me. I don't know why it happened. We never really got any explanation. And of all people, the Big Show? I don't know what happened here. Okay, so for me, here's why here's why I thought it was a rave. 
I, I know this is so pointless. Uh, the first title match, I think, after somebody wins the title is a complete wash. It's always so boring for me because I I know 99% of the time you're just retaining the title. Uh, so Big Show comes out, right? Uh, I'm laughing. It's a joke to me, just like it is to you two. But here's here's the thing. You say you talked about it being right after uh, Brock, and that's why you think like it's obvious Drew is going to win. I really thought they were about to put the title on the big show. I'm like, okay, he, why would they be doing it right after WrestleMania? He just he just took the bumps from Lesnar. I'm thinking, okay, so maybe a few finishers finishes him off, and it's like, well, he had a whole match with Brock, and that's why. And I'm thinking, does Brock interfere? Because, this, like I said, this is just right after that match. And I'm really sitting here watching this match thinking about the big show winning the championship and what I'm going to have to deal with when I do this podcast with Blake on Saturday. And so I was, like, legitimately laughing. Like, I really thought this was happening. So that the fact that they trolled me on that and really made me think that I was about to get big show as a universal championship I had a lot of fun with and you need drew on the show. And like I said, the first title match is always such a wash. Anyway, you know that they're, they're going to just dispose of them. And I didn't feel that way here. I really thought there was going to be some shit. So not, not to sway my, my point uh, after what you said, it did remind me of a pseudo money in the bank cash in without a money in the bank briefcase. It was just like, he was exactly. able to just come out like, and challenge. It was for it so out of ridiculous that I was like, this is it. Drew is losing this belt and they're just going to have it on big show over the Corona stuff. Like while they're on the empty stadiums, I was like, they're taking all these risks right now. Big show was winning this fucking title. And then, so and I, I just, just kind of, I was pretty satisfied and I was like, wow, they, I was, I was, I, I had some serious concerns psychologically is where they lost me here. I think the match was okay. I, I wasn't bored watching the match. I wasn't I wasn't even as upset as I usually would be about Big Show. I'm not a fan of Big Show. But the match was fine. It's just what they did is why it needs to be a rant for me. The fact that you could just come out and get a title shot and just bring a ref as if it's the 24-7 championship when this is the WWE title, I don't like that. I complain about that a lot. Because it feels like they, for the title, it doesn't it doesn't mean anything to get a title shot anymore. It's just like you just show up and you get a title shot. And I hate that mentality. And this was all of that. It was simply, I just came out here with a ref. I said something to piss you off and now I got a title shot. I don't like that. And it just, none of it made enough sense for me, for me to really get into it. Because why, first off, why is he coming back out to the ring after WrestleMania to do an interview that he could have just done backstage. None of it really made sense for me, and I couldn't get past that aspect of it. So for that reason, it's going to be a rant. So I'm going to touch on another thing as to why, when I mentioned his whole WrestleMania moment thing, if anyone really pays attention to the history of Big Show, I think he's literally got one WrestleMania win. Uh, I think he was given his moment one time. I remember that being there with Roy where he came out, he was the intercontinental champion and it was a tables match. And he literally lost because he stepped back off the apron and put his foot through a table. That's can how just, much they think can about I remind him. You, can I remind you, Greg, that I predicted him losing in that exact fashion. 
you did, and that's that's the other thing is that was against Cody it was Brooks, that by the way. Yeah, it was yep. that predictable. Oh! It was that predictable. Wait, I mean, oh shit! I can only sing "Whoa" in my head now. <laughs> there we go. All right. Um, so yeah, I understand your guys' concern. The whole everything you guys say about. Why are we doing this? Is exactly why I thought this is all being done for the big show to win the fucking title. Yeah. Uh, my number, my number one reef for the week is going to go to Britt Baker. She's slowly been gaining my interest over the last few weeks, and I love, I love Sheeta, and I was, I thought, I really was excited for this match because I like both of them, and there was another situation where I was like. I don't feel like I want either one of these to lose. And I'm really trying to appreciate those matchups more instead of just thinking this is a lose-lose for everybody um, in the right situation, like Baker versus Sheeta, where they both kind of have their momentum. I think it's fine. And I'm going to, I'm thinking it was probably just a happy accident that she got busted open. I don't think that was intentional, but she definitely earned my respect for it because she continued through and, even like really made a scene of it as if to say like, this doesn't bother me one bit and I'm going to get ahead of it now because I don't want to be a hypocrite later. I specifically say a situation like Baker versus Sheeta uh, where they both had their momentum and situations where I feel like I don't want anybody to lose. This does not apply to a Bray Wyatt Braun Strowman where neither person truly can afford a loss because I'll talk about that later. And I just wanted to explain why those two things are different to me. Um, and I actually want to ask you guys, what do you feel about Britt Baker right now? I like Britt Baker. I, I, ever since the heel turn, I've liked Britt Baker and I enjoyed this match as well. So I'm on board with everything that you said. And what about Sheeta? Cause these are two of my favorites in AEW right now that I don't think get talked about a lot. And that's why I'm Sheeta. Sheeta doesn't have a lot of character yet, but She's a good wrestler, so I'm okay with her, and I think she's a bright spot as far as the wrestling in AEW right now because the women wrestlers seem to be off course a little bit in their wrestling sometimes, and I don't think it's because they're not talented. Maybe just the chemistry isn't there, and I feel like Sheeta has been a pretty consistent wrestler for them. That's That was something I was going to say is she may be their best women's wrestler that I'm seeing lately. What do you think, Greg, Baker and Sheeta? Um, I'm, I've, I've been behind Baker, um, even before the heel character, um, I was enjoying her in-ring ability and everything. And she did seem like she was the one to get the push, but then you have Sheeta who's just sitting in the background, who is, is really the, as they showed all the stats, she's the top woman right now. Um, I believe, I believe she's six and one. And uh, I mean, the women's champion, uh, Nyla is only four and one. So I think that she's kind of like just sat in the shadows and I think that does have to do with character work for the most part, but in ring, her in ring ability is, is really good. I, I actually really enjoyed that match this week. That was one of my top raves. Um, but I, I enjoy both of them a lot, actually. Oh yeah. So I should specify, I should specify the, uh, the rave is for the match, not just Britt Baker. So my number one rave is going to go to SmackDown. And it's the dirt sheet. That's good news. A live rap performance and New Day and the Usos coming out to interrupt, setting up a second match that I'm anxious to see. 
I love these three teams so much. I love the SmackDown tag division in general. And I, I'm definitely, this is like one thing where it's kind of hypocritical because I said I don't like when they don't end things at Mania. But it's kind of impossible to not carry some of this over because it was three teams and it was your best three teams. And the fact that they're giving me a different match, now I kind of like what happened at Mania because I'm I'm seeing a continuance of a feud, but I'm still seeing something different, if that makes sense. I agree. I Again, it's going to be a triple threat, one-on-one-on-one. On one, on one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my... My top rave is going to go to, um, I I'm gonna say the Lance Archer match. I again, I okay. usually don't get into squash matches, but I'm really enjoying watching Lance Archer. At one point in this match, he essentially did a backflip choke slam to a guy. It was some weird suplex, but he threw the guy across the ring essentially with one freaking hand. Um. I think what helped make that whole Lance Archer situation was also Jericho on commentary. Um, Jericho, he says that the guy's name is Angle. Then he calls him Ingles. And then at the end, he said he beat Chris Angles. So I don't know who this guy even was because Chris didn't even really tell me. But Lance Archer, like, I'm ready to see him go up against somebody, you know, like Cole Cabana next week. Like, I want to see how he handles the the like the actual I don't want to say actual wrestlers because these guys he's facing are actually wrestlers, but I I enjoy his version of a squash match. Like it's not just like okay I'm gonna do one two powerful moves you're gonna know what my finisher is and then I'm walking out. Him and Brody Lee I feel are putting on the best squash matches. They're actually getting in this this like lengthy offense and not just hitting one or two moves and winning. Who do you guys want to see as the TNT champion? <laughs> I want to see Darby Allen as the TNT champion, dude. Okay. Roy? Mm, probably Cody. I'm going to go with Archer. That's who I want to see winning. So it's it's interesting. That's why I was curious to see what you guys would say. Interesting. All three of us have different people. I feel that's the direction be- they're going. I feel it's going to be Cody versus Archer because of the whole storyline essentially going on with Jake. Um, but I, I, dude, I love Darby, man. I just want to see him get a little more credit. I'm okay with any of those results. Yeah, I won't be unhappy with any of, any of the three that we named. Uh, and so, obviously, I don't have a rant, so back to you, Blake. All right, my next rant for this week is going to go to SmackDown. And it's the fact that I thought this was a one-time thing with Tamina. <laughs> five-pack challenge. And Michael Cole telling me, here's a woman that was very impressive. Michael, she was the first woman eliminated in the match. I know that four different women pinned her, but at the end of the day, she lost. And she was the first woman out of five eliminated. And I hate the fact that she's going to beat Sasha next week. Sasha was like it's they're using her for a story that would have been so much better had they used an up and coming talent over Tamina in this position. The the way they're using her to start the split of Sasha and Bailey is cool with me 
However, they're using the wrong woman. I don't think Tamina should have been the one they used for this. And that's why it's a rant. Yeah, there's not much for me to really say about that. Um, it, it, the whole nobody beat me didn't sit well. It took all of y'all to pin me. And it's like, it, it, shut the fuck up. You've like, never nobody, beat anybody. Nobody beat me. Everybody beat me. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, whatever. It's like, um, Tamina, who have you beaten in your career? You've been here for a decade. I've never seen you win anything. Damn. Two times superstar. Tamina <laughs> snuck up. Wild card. Um, <laughs> all right. My next rant, it's going to go along the lines of the Raw Tag Team rematch. It's going to go to SmackDown for the Women's Tag Team rematch. Again, I get that this wasn't really a huge feud and everything, but I don't, I don't understand WWE's logic. And it, it, it's not necessarily just that it's a WrestleMania rematch. It's the fact that we were now told that there's no rematch clause in contracts, but yet it seems, it seems for the most part, except for the universal title that everybody's gotten a rematch. And it doesn't make any sense to me. It's like, oh, it's not it's not in there. So maybe once in a while we won't give a rematch. But for the most part, you're going to see a rematch for the titles. And it's after WrestleMania. I think I can only recall one time that a title was gained at WrestleMania and lost the next night. And I, it was probably a Charlotte thing. Who knows? Um, but it's just I, I don't I don't understand the whole rematches every time. And I get. Roy's point where we don't know what they're working with backstage. We don't know what they have at their disposal. But to me, if you're going to if you're going to give them the rematch, but yet backstage you're going to have uh uh Carmella and um Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke challenge you for the titles, why couldn't you just have that as the match that night? So, I'm just I'm it, it's the whole WrestleMania rematch thing and I'm giving that one a rant. That's a good point because that, that kind of goes against the vision of, well, maybe they just didn't have anybody here because they clearly could have just built this next match instead of having a WrestleMania rematch, and they didn't. So I agree with that. I I felt like, again, I'm not complaining about the match quality. I think the, the match was a quality match. It's just we were told we weren't going to do this again. We were like, rematches are done. They told us all these things that they were going to do and they they went back on it and it's a little disappointing. This was one of the honorable mentions that I had where the rematch already was annoying, but what really did it for me and it feel it does feel nitpicky is watching Kyrie Zane get pinned. I'm so tired of the shtick where it's just like we'll do the tag match and if they're going to win, they're going to win, but if they're going to lose, just have Kyrie get pinned. It's just so played out and boring that it's like not only will we get rematches, but we'll also watch the same endings. Uh, and so back over to Rave. My next one is going to go to Gotta think here, man. There's some good stuff this week. I think I'll go with uh you know what? I'll go with the, the Kenny Omega and his pal Michael, his best oh, friend Michael. Man, I saved it thinking that you guys really at this one. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, just we talked before about finding new ways to set up a match. 
and this was one of the best. It doesn't it doesn't always have to be something super serious. It can just be something as simple as this, where Kenny and Michael were best friends. And first of all, Kenny is an asshole because he really considered it. Like he had not, he's like, that's one of our best acts. That's what people want to see. And he's like, well, you're in charge. You can change it. And he's like, I'll think about it. I'm like, really, Kenny? <laughs> um, I don't know. They were in a trailer, correct? Yes. What room did Orange Cassidy come out of? Why was he already in there? The best and why, why did he go back in there after <laughs> the conversation was done? I liked, I liked how uh, they told him to go back in there. They were like, we're going to get ready for the match. You head back over there. And he just walks back in the bathroom. <laughs> Very bizarre, but I mean, it set up a match that otherwise they all would have came out and I'd have been like, this is a waste of my time. But now it didn't feel like that. Now I felt like, okay, now I'm, I'm interested. You can, you can put just about any matchup together if you just add a little bit to it, whether it's humor or just purpose. This was humor. And I'm like, this is so stupid, but funny. Like the best friend's name is on the line. It's Michael Nakazawa <laughs> and Kenny Omega. Then Sean Spears. I've never once heard Kenny talk about Michael. No. Then Sean Spears is in the back watching Michael Nakazawa because guess who's <laughs> looking for a tag team partner? I'm like, here we go. Another element added to the match. Yeah. When he used the baby oil to prevent the chops, I, I'm i like, this is. <laughs> I, I just, they're really doing a good job of adding a small bit of humor and not too mm-hmm. much for me to where I enjoy it. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of a spot. It was. um. Orange Cassidy, and he sprays the baby oil on his face, and then he takes the sunglasses and puts on another pair of sunglasses. I'm just like, what the fuck is going on here? It's just little things that they're doing in the right way that I'm enjoying, and I definitely, this was actually my number one rave, and I tried to get selfish and put the dirt cheap because I thought you were going to steal it, wow. and now I lost it. So Damn. I'll admit, that was a mistake. You tried to skew the system, and the I system did. screwed you. I did, it did. All right, I, so. I liked Spears on the outside during this because he's looking for a tag team partner. So he's telling Nakazawa to to uh, prove himself. And then like halfway through the mouth, match, he's just super confused. He's like, what's with the oil? <laughs> like the whole time, he just didn't know what the hell was going on. He was not happy about the oil from the store. He's like, you're not using that. He did not like that at all. <laughs> all right, so since Roy took that one, undeservingly so, I should have done the right thing and made it my number one my next rave is going to go to nxt and it is going to go to the final match of johnny gargano and tommaso champa i the views in this match threw me off a little bit sometimes there was like a drone and they were giving you like this view like an upper view and a side view and kind of got a little bit too much for me at times but they gave me what i wanted here This match, it couldn't have been just a normal match. It couldn't have just been a regular match in the ring. I love how they started it with they're just in a random warehouse with a ring. Triple H is in there, and he's like, when this door shuts, end it. It's over. I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. I'm glad they gave them like an hour to do this because they deserved it after all the classics they put on. The ending wasn't my favorite thing in the world, I'll admit. But... I can live with it, and overall, I really enjoyed the match. Uh, I This was our third example of cinematic wrestling that we got over the last week, <clears throat> and I think there's some kinks to work out. 
But let's let's address the ending because that's going to be the main talking point here. I no. First thing I want to talk about is that annoying ass referee. Triple H said repeatedly, "You are just here to declare a winner." Why did he spend that whole night begging and whining for them to not fight one another? What did you think you were coming here for, jackass? Anyway, so the ending, the ending. I felt like I, I felt like there is some shenanigan to this. We're not going to get just a straight up uh, win at this point in in their careers. They're going to want to protect them, mm-hmm. the loser, a little bit in this, and. Uh, so when she came out, I completely predicted, like, the swerve. We're going to kick Johnny in the balls. So she did, and I'm like, okay, great. I did not predict that she was going to come out a second time and kick him in the ball, kick uh, Champa in the balls. So she did that. Then I started to piece it together, and I was like, okay, so he's probably wearing a cup. That was it. That's what was in that damn bag earlier. That was a good setup there. Kudos, because I had forgotten about it up until that point. Um, so that, that was the main thing I wanted to address was the ending because you seem a little eh on it, Blake. And I actually really liked it. So God damn it, Roy, because I think for one of the first times I didn't put two and two together. I remembered her handing him the bag and the mm-hmm. whole match. I was thinking to myself, what the hell was in the bag? Why didn't he use what was in the bag? Not one second did I go, Oh, that cup was what was in the bag. God damn it. Um, so as he was walking out, uh, you saw a car slowly pull up. Do we have spectation on who that is? Uh, it looked like we got a pretty good glimpse of the guy. I don't know who the chick was. Oh, I already know who it is. Uh, the guy definitely looked like Killer Cross. I don't know who the chick is. Scarlet. Scarlet hey. Bordeaux or something yep. like that? Okay. So, so. I, I, so I'm, I'm assuming that's, that, that's the next feud, obviously. But... I could tell the guy I couldn't figure out who the girl was. So I want to comment on what you guys said. This is what made the ending more eh for me because I would have preferred they had not shown me him with that bag because this whole match, I don't forget. So this whole match, when when am I going to see what's in that, what he had in that bag? There was something in that bag. It's going to be a big part of this match. There's a reason they showed me this. When we get to the part where she kicked him in the nuts, I'm immediately going, okay, well, I know that's not the ending because I never saw what he had in that bag. So it kind of ruined it for me because instead of that happening and me going, holy shit, I went, well, what's in that bag? We're not done yet. And when I see, as soon as she kicked Champ in the nuts, I said, that's what was in the bag. It was a cop. So it kind of ruined it a little bit for me. And I said, I wanted a clean finish here and I didn't get that. I loved it. You know, I'm not, I'm not really complaining. I hate to like put a negative, Yeah. but my preference would have been it done a little bit differently, but I understand what they were going for. And that's fair. Cause that's two completely different perspectives where you remembered it throughout the course of the match. And had I, I would have felt the same way. I never would have no f- false finish would have uh, tricked me because I would have known, like, I'm just waiting to see what, He's going to be like, aha, this is what I have, and this is the finish. Uh, but since I had forgotten that, it ended up being a more special moment later on when it, it was kind of like that aha moment, and I pieced it together a little bit. <clears throat> so what do you got for Rave, Greg? 
So my next rave is going to go to, and this might be an unpopular opinion. It's actually going to be Alistair Black versus uh, Apollo Crews. And the reason behind this is as random as it was that Apollo Crews was apparently traded to Raw for whatever the hell it was, a Big Mac, who knows. Um, it was actually a pretty good match. Uh, they, I feel like them using Apollo Crews in squats matches against Sheamus, they, they really screwed Apollo over. I think even though he's been taking losses, he actually looked really good in this match. They let him highlight a lot of his ability, and I like I appreciated being able to see that. I forgot how good Apollo really is because we haven't really seen him in a while, and when we have, it like I said, it's been squash matches. He hasn't gotten any offense. They haven't really let him highlight himself. Ultimately, he takes the loss here to Black because obviously they're not going to let Black lose any momentum, but... I did appreciate what we got out of Cruz. I thought it was a pretty decent match too, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. The only comment versus... that I have, oh, I, the only comment that I have, Roy, is that every time I see somebody say that it's an unpopular opinion, or somebody says it, I feel like it's not an unpopular opinion at all. Because <laughs> I agree with that. Uh, Cruz versus Apollo's on my rant. I said Cruz versus Apollo. Black versus uh, <laughs> Cruz was on my on my rave list also. They did put on a great match and commentary commentary did an amazing job here, something you won't hear me say often, at really acknowledging the situation of Apollo Cruz, that he's kind of in a rut and this is a huge opportunity, a fresh start. And I really felt that. I felt like this is a fresh start for him and an opportunity. And I felt like he took it that way and he took it seriously. And that even with his loss you, I could still get another match out of Apollo and be rooting for him now. Like his next match, I would like to see him win. I would not like to see Aleister Black versus Apollo Cruz a second time where he gets the win so that we extend that program. But I do, I do appreciate this like fresh start take on Apollo Cruz. Yep, me too. I definitely do. And it was, it was the best match, one of the best matches we've seen out of Black, because we continuously get him against Jobbers. It's the best one I've seen since he faced Murphy. Alright, so no no rant from me. Takes it back to you, Blake. My last rant's going to go to Raw. It's going to be the Humberto Carrillo and Brendan Fink match in this infatuation with <laughs> Brendan Fink in the last few weeks. I... I don't know if we're running out of talent to use or what's going on. The guy was in a tag team with Shane Thorne, and I saw him twice in one week. Now he's facing Carrillo. Like if you want to use him to push talent, that's fine, but Humberto Carrillo is probably a weird choice at this point because his pinnacle is to get a U.S. title match and lose. So I just felt like it was a waste of time. Yeah. I feel I, you, man. Um. So I have two left on my rant list. Well, you got to pick one. Well, after looking at them, I feel like they're more honorable mentions. So I'm going to go ahead and say I don't have any rants left. Okay. I don't think it's fair to hit a show with a rant on these. Fair enough. Takes me back to rave for me. And I am stuck between two video packages over on AEW. So, is, is your final rave have anything to do with video packages, Blake? No. So, I'm just going to go with uh, AEW. I'm going to say their, their video packages in general. The two that I'm referring to are Jake Hagler. Jer- wow. Speaking is a challenge. Jake <laughs> Hager versus Chris Jericho. 
Uh, I can't wait to see what happens when Jake Hager loses now after watching his wife repeatedly say he cannot come home if he does. Did you say versus Chris Jericho? Did I? I, I I'm saying all kinds of John Moxley. Well, I John got Moxley. Brand <laughs> Rape Jake Wrestling. Where we don't know the matchups. Good Lord. Anyway, I, I'm going to move on to it. It's I even have written on my notes, Jake versus Jericho. Wow. That's how fucked up I am in this situation. Let's move on from that one and go over to the number one contenders video package, which I want to see more of, absolutely, because it really – it you in wrestling so often they talk about we want to have a real sports feel. This accomplished that. Yes. Okay, yeah, I enjoyed that too. This was a real sports feel for me, and – helped me take a lot of these people more seriously that maybe I wasn't in the moment and I see these accomplishments lined up next to each other and I think, damn, you're doing really good right now. Um, so I definitely I definitely want to see more of that. I don't want to see it overused. I don't want to see it every week. Maybe a once-a-month recap with it. Uh, but AW is killing it with their video packages, I think. They really get me excited. My next rave or final rave is going to go to NXT, and it's going to be the ladder match to determine the number one contender for the NXT women's title. I would love to see Io Shirai beat Charlotte. Io Shirai winning was what I wanted. I enjoyed the match. I think they, they, these women did a very good job. And I I need to see Io Shirai beat Charlotte. Io needs a big win like this. And from everything that I've read, and I thought we would talk about this in the beginning, so I'm not sure if Roy has seen this or not. Apparently, Rhea Ripley was probably supposed to win, but her visa ran out, and she had to go back to her country, and she's not going to be able to come back for a little while. So I'll interrupt you really quick. I've seen that, and then also today I'm seeing the reason Charlotte Flair wins is because WWE considers her a babyface. So, okay. <laughs> I will, so with there being a few different reports, that's why I didn't really touch on it. And that last one being the most ridiculous. So I was like, I'm not even going to touch this. This is ridiculous. Yeah. So apparently Australia right now with the whole coronavirus is making anybody who comes into the country quarantine for four weeks. Yeah. So on top of her having to quarantine for four weeks, apparently their process to even get a work visa is like one of the most strenuous ones. So they're not expecting her back until like fall, apparently from what I'm reading. Yeah. It's pretty disappointing. And it, it happened to, um, uh, who was the, the cruiserweight champion in NXT? Um, Oh, I knew he, you're he, had, about. he had to go back to England for the same thing, his work visa, and they're making him quarantine for two weeks as well. And, um, they're going to be holding a tournament for the intercontinental t- uh, title, the cruiserweight title, but yeah, or cruiserweight. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I saw that as well. So, anyway, I know I got us way off topic there, but it was kind of had to do with the whole Charlotte being a champion. I love Char- Charlotte being a champion. I think it's good for NXT, but I want to see Io Shirai beat her, dude. I love Io Shirai. She's been my favorite for a while. It's time for her to win a title. I agree. I, I liked the match as well. Um, I enjoyed them uh, taking... Uh, what is her Raquel Rodriguez? I keep forgetting her name. Gonzalez. Uh, Gonzalez. That's it. I I enjoyed them like taking her out towards the end of the match. That was pretty cool. Um, I also in the future the old... can we just call her Gonzalez? <laughs> okay, I see why he does not like that. His <laughs> face was not happy about you calling her Raquel at all. 
I enjoyed the spot where she was bringing the ladder in and uh, Candice LeRae, and I believe it was Mia Yim, like kicked her, and then all three of them kind of surrounded Dakota Kai. Um, and then they all just like went off and kicking her in the face, and then for whatever reason, punching Chelsea Green on the side. Like, uh, but I enjoyed it. My final uh, rave is actually going to go to. Whoa, whoa, whoa uh, give me a sec. Give me a sec. Give me a sec. I, I got you. I, I got talk you. About I got the you. Match? I got you. All right, cool. I didn't enjoy the ladder match. And I just wanted to say that uh, it, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't any, it just felt like it felt very much like a ladder match. And I know that's a ridiculous uh, criticism to say about a ladder match. A little bit. Because you would think that that would be something in its favor. But Io Shirai winning is, is the highlight of it. But at the same time, it's terrifying to me because I think if she loses this, she's gone. I think that means that she's gone for sure because she was, it was already kind of shaky. And even as big of a Charlotte fan as I am, I want Io Shirai to win. And I had said before how I was okay with some short women's NXT title reigns after the last few years. And so I think a a short one from Charlotte is fine too. I think it could still handle that with no problems whatsoever. And I, I just want Io Shirai to win so badly. And I feel so nervous that that's not what we're going to get. And it's going to make me, there's going to be a little bit of resentment for Charlotte there because I'm going to be rooting against her and she's going to win. And it's just going to be like, you know, typical Charlotte. Um, and then, like I said, not knowing if she's going to stick around, it could, it could already be that she said, I'm not. And they said, well then good. Let's get some losses out of you real quick. That's true too. Though that, that would be completely fucking stupid because she just beat uh, quite a bit of the roster to get a win to get her on the path of that loss. So I don't know. We'll see where it's going. Um, but I think that we are done here, right? No, Greg, you, I you got still one have more. A turn. I just want to say no one can see it on camera, but we do have a cat that has made their way into the podcast. I see it. <laughs> um, all right. It wouldn't be a podcast if we didn't mention the cats. So my last one's going to go to SmackDown, and it's going to be the Forgotten Sons. Um, I know that we don't really have a great track record from NXT with bringing up uh, tag teams. Screw your face, Blake. Mm-hmm. Um, except for maybe um, uh, I, why can't I freaking think of their goddamn names right now? I'm such an asshole. Uh, Dawkins and Ford. Why can't I think of their goddamn tag team name? <laughs> uh, but anyway, they uh, besides them right now, I feel like. I, this is the type of tag team I, I feel like I can get behind. appreciate neither of us were willing to help you. Yeah, I know. We, I we just let you sh- you're looking at us like, please tell Dude, me that name. Guys, we're like, you're going to figure this I, out. I swear, private party is the only thing coming to mind right now, and it's pissing me off. The Street Profits. Street Profits. Um, I just thought about the Street Profits are up, and we want the smoke. Okay, anyway. Um, other than them, like the track record of bringing up a tag team from NXT hasn't really worked. I like these guys. Like they look like the type of tag team that I would get behind. Um, I enjoyed that match. I thought it was a really good match. Uh, hell, I dude, I'm actually not that I want to see them really go anywhere because I don't think it would do much. But Lucha House Party fucking put on a great match. Like, all right, ring the bell. All right, ladies and gentlemen, for the second time tonight, it's time for Rant versus Rave. I go tried. Ahead, I, I said what I had to say because you said the Lucha Party is not a good match. Uh, Okay, I'm going to give you a few points here, Roy. Okay. The first thing I'm going to say is this isn't completely Forgotten Son's fault. But it's really hard 
for me to take a team who never even won the NXT Tag Team Championship seriously when I've seen multiple teams who have had lengthy NXT Tag Team title reigns go into WWE main roster and fail. Counter that with the fact that they were brought up to SmackDown, who has one of the strongest tag team divisions that I've seen in a long time, and teams that I would like to see, like Heavy Machinery, and even Ziggler and Rude, surprisingly, because of what we've gotten in their storyline, and you brought up another team in SmackDown when Raw is the tag team division that so badly needed this team. That is my biggest issue with this call-up and where they are right now. Then, in my in my opinion, when they come up and they face Lucha House Party, my immediate thoughts are, do not take this team seriously. They are here to beat teams like Lucha House Party, and in the next few weeks, they're going to beat teams like Brendan Fink and Shane Thorne and Jobbers, and a month from now, they will be the team to constantly lose to New Day, to the Usos, and to Miz and Morrison. And that, again, I said it's not their fault, but I cannot take them seriously because of that. So I don't have this one written down on either side. It didn't make an impact for me. And I'm really, I, I struggle because for me, is this a rant? Because. Because WWE is going to pay for their sins, and because I can probably accurately predict what exactly is going to happen with them. Or is it a rave because they're they're putting more tag teams uh, on a show? Well, not SmackDown specifically, but WWE just in general doesn't do great with tag teams. Is it a rave because they're trying to change that? Um let me give you a, a very quick story. So last night, Comcast did not record SmackDown for me. I don't know what happened. Uh, we went through about an hour of trying to get the damn Fox app to work so that I could watch it on there. It would only let me watch like 30 minutes. Eventually, I was able to get it up this morning. Uh, we're all we're running a little late on time. I'm trying to hurry up and get through SmackDown before we record the podcast so that we have enough time. And if I'm being completely honest, when we got to that portion, that part was an opportunity for me to fast forward. So that's why I'll go with rant. I didn't, just to clarify, I didn't have it listed as a rant either or a rave. Yeah. But I, I'm happy that you appreciated it, Greg, and I want it to be what you want it to be. Um, but the debut just wasn't anything special or all that fun. But I don't feel I don't feel good about making it a rant. I actually feel bad because I am happy that you're able to still be optimistic, and I don't want to take that from you. No, yeah, I I, I let him go because I felt bad. But at the end of the day, it's like I I just can't put it as a rave. I don't think because of 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 history. You know, the past yeah. has shown me. And the things that are lined up repeatedly, yeah, repeatedly. We're not talking once or twice here. Oh no, and and I absolutely I agree with you guys on that aspect. I truly do. Yeah, I, I know. I know. And, and, the and, side too. 
I, I'm, I, for the most part, I feel like a lot of my rant and raves come down to me mentioning one or two words that are like, oh, okay, we're going to go against this. So the fact that I threw Lucha House Party in there, I was like, all right, whatever. There was when, too much. I know. <laughs> and, and to me, to me, it was more so, this is a team that I think I can get behind. Whereas the other ones, it's taken me a while from the first match that I watched on Friday. I, I, and, and like, I mean, you guys know, I didn't never really watched much of NXT until the podcast um, where I watch a ton of NXT now. And, and I, I have more fun watching NXT than I do Raw and SmackDown for the most part. So I feel like I did miss out on a lot of stuff in the past. And I've actually, I'm, I'm starting to make it a point to go back and watch older stuff just so I can get an idea of certain things um, just to have reference points. But I've never heard of this team. This is the, 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 these three guys are nobody that I've heard of since I've been watching uh, NXT. I don't remember seeing these guys a single time, but obviously that's where the name comes from. I'm assuming is because the WWE has forgotten them. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that they're trying to right a wrong here by putting them on the main roster, giving them an opportunity. Cause I do, I do think these are three guys that I could totally get behind. Like, uh, uh, which is, is his name Logan something? Um, I think it starts. I no the, the big guy that like runs Jackson Riker. Jackson, that's what it is. I, I've heard I've heard his name before. But I like I, him. So he looked like somebody him. that I'm interested in watching wrestle. He looks like somebody I could definitely get behind. So that's more so where I was going with it. But I completely understand your guys' point behind it. Um, time after time, we are we are given a great team. Or a, maybe not a great team, but a team that looks like they have potential. And then three months down the road, they're all sitting at home and we're watching jobbers fight random people. Uh, and not, maybe not random people, but we're watching jobbers fight the New Day and Usos and stuff. Instead of having these tag teams that could easily be getting a name made for themselves, they're just being made to sit at home. Uh, case in point, Brody Lee. I listen to those podcasts and... How many times do we say they have all of this talent that they could utilize for certain things, but instead you throw in a jobber and, and Brody Lee flat out said it for 14 months. He sat at home doing nothing to come back for two months and go sit at home again. Granted, I'd love to get paid just to sit at home, but when you're, when you love an industry as much as these wrestlers do, that gets to you. I mean, you feel like you're doing nothing with your talent. So a little bit of a history lesson on the forgotten sons. First off, Antonio absolutely loves the Forgotten Sons, the friendly neighborhood ACM, and he's told me that multiple times, so I just wanted to put that out there. Jackson Riker is somebody that I'd like to see more, but he's always been in the managerial role more so, and the other two have been the tag team. Maybe we get that swapped out a little bit because I do think that guy's got some talent and some character. One of the, um, one of the guys in the group, Wesley Blake, was actually in a tag team with Buddy Murphy, Greg, and they were tag team champions, and Alexa Bliss was their manager. So I'm not sure if you're aware of that or just something cool. That was a long time ago, but that was that's another kind of portion of that team I wanted to bring up. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's wrong to feel that way, but, you know, the evidence shows that they may not be in for a good role. And, I, I mean, it's easy for me to, to, to do the whole fantasy booking thing or whatever, but, I mean – if we ever get Xavier back, we got a three man group against a three man group that I think would be pretty cool. But again, 
WWE probably doesn't see that. And it's also pending Xavier ever being able to wrestle again with the injury that uh, he's unfortunately sustained. So, um, I mean, I'd love to see Xavier back, even if he's just essentially managing the new day uh, at that point. But uh, I, like I said, I, I get where you guys are coming from for sure. Uh, I do remember uh, a tag team with Buddy Murphy and Alexa Bliss managing. I just couldn't tell you how long ago it was or who the partner was. But was, I do recall I do recall it. It was Blake. Yeah. Oh, shit, Blake. Hey. <laughs> Roy and I were Blake and Murphy. <laughs> That's why I started getting into NXT more because there's a tag team called Blake and Murphy. That was all that was the motivation I needed. All right, let's hop over to honorable mentions. Um I'm gonna start with my rant ones. Uh my first honorable mention is the segment with uh, Tucker, where he was showing the pictures. Uh, that's a rant for me because, honestly, there are so many good things you could have done there. There are some hilarious pictures you could have shown me, but it was just him holding bananas while she worked out, which is How fine. How is that not hilarious? <laughs> I mean, it's fine, but honestly, I just think there's so much more that could have could have happened there. Uh, up next is the Usos interrupting Miz and Morrison. That really pissed me off because really? I would I would like to have seen them sing longer. Okay. That was one of the best parts of the week. It was. Um and lastly for rant, I want to talk for a moment about Bray Wyatt versus Braun Strowman. And I want to say rest in peace to one of their careers because neither one of them can afford to lose this championship match in my mind personally. WWE, they will continue to go on and they will book be booked however they are, but I think it'll be a long time before I take either character seriously, depending on which one of them wins here. So, it, it, did I not say when we found out about this match that I feel like this is just a setup for Braun to win, just for it to be a feud between him and The Fiend? It was way too obvious, given the, the past that they have. Uh, and the track that the fiend is on with his character about who he goes after. It's always someone he has history with who, why wouldn't that be the feud him and Braun? Um, with that being said, I did enjoy the segment. Um, yeah, I did enjoy that's honorable mention on the rave side. I did enjoy how, uh, Braun pretty much clapped back and was like, I'm ready to let him in any time. Like, you know, that I enjoyed that. But, There's a few things I wrote down since you dipped into that side real quick. Uh, we talked about it earlier when he said, I brought you from the swamp. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, I, I think it was sister. Was it sister Abigail or Huskis that said his beard is possessed? Uh, I, I don't know what that fucking rabbit's problem is. He's like at snitch. this point, at this point, you're just stupid because you, you would think that by now you would learn to at least just keep your mouth shut. Like, don't share these opinions. Um, At least he hasn't been killed recently. They said he's too big to forgive. I don't know what that even meant. Um, I, I really appreciate it, Braun, saying, bye, see you later. That was good, some personality from him. And even though it doesn't necessarily make it, I mean, it makes sense, but it doesn't. When he said, excuse me, while I rewrite some history, and he literally rewrote the word history, I thought that was funny. It got a chuckle out of me. Um, so, so I'll, and I'll, what, yeah, what since we're on like? the topic of this, and we kind of went <laughs> out of rant and into rave and just on this segment, I enjoy both 
the segment and the idea of Brand Braun. And the reason behind it is I don't take Braun seriously as a champion already because of the circumstances and the way it was set up. So I don't need to see a lengthy title reign from Braun. Okay, and so what do you, my, what do, you here, do? I, I, I'm, I'm gonna, hold on. <laughs> no, no I'm, not, I'm not angry. I know that sounded a little aggressive. So but I'm imagining, hope. I'll let you finish. Here's my hope here. Bray has cons- consistently changed people by beating them with The Fiend. My hope mm-hmm. is that we, with a Braun loss here, we reset Braun into a heel roll Braun. Face roll Braun has not worked for me at all. I think a heel roll Braun where he just absolutely destroys shit can work. He doesn't need to be in, right back in the title picture. He can go back to that role for a little bit, and then eventually we get we can get him in the title picture again. I understand the way you look at this and its position as a lose-lose. I get that. But I'm kind of looking at it as the Fiend can get the title back, and I can get heel Braun and start to take this guy seriously again. That would be yeah. my best takeaway from this. You're right. That is a very good situation. That's one I could look forward to. I hope that what we don't get is five power slams and Braun wins. If um, that happens, uh, yeah. 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 And I also look forward to just off of what you said, that moment where that change is complete and whether it's sometime right after, we don't necessarily have to do the match. We can write that away or a few months down the line. But that moment where Strowman and Bray are face to face again and he says, I'm not finished with you yet. Yeah. That was one of our favorite things with Braun and Roman back in the day because Roman was at, at the top of his game and we're so tired of watching him beat people every week. And he would do all these crazy things to Braun and Braun would get back in his face and be like, I'm not finished with you yet and continue to beat the hell out of him. That's when we first started really loving Braun. So, you know, you're right there. You definitely made the shitty situation better. Yeah, I mean, I tried. <laughs> so are we just going to jump over to Rave now? Uh, for rant, the only other one I had was Seth Rollins against a jobber the night after yeah. WrestleMania. He's a guy who doesn't need an enhancement match even after a loss. So, yeah, we can jump into Rave. Uh, for me, my two honorable mentions on Rave is going to be uh, Chris Jericho on commentary. I don't know. After hearing Jericho on commentary, I'm not sure why we're not hiring people that know the name of these moves and the setups the way that Jericho does. Um. He even talked about somebody missed a shining wizard. It may have been Britt Baker and they hit somebody in the kidney and he's saying like, she didn't get all of it. She kicked her in the kidney. And he explained why even that is something like he said, MMA people have lost matches for getting kicked in the kidney. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. You get kicked in the kidney and that's, that shit can hurt too. So he turned a botch into a moment where it was like, that's still some serious offense. And just hearing him name drop all the names of the moves and just knowing that I never hear that from them, and he's even telling the commentators. Me personally, I would think that the commentators would know this too. They would have this information. But it makes sense why the wrestler would know it because they're they're learning all the moves, they're hearing the name of the moves, stuff like that. But I would love to get more of that style of commentary. Um yeah. and go ahead. Yeah, me too. I, I loved it. And I if I don't get Chris Jericho and Pineapple Pete next week. <laughs> I'm going to personally message Tony Khan. Uh, my my last honorable mention for Rave, and it's it's a moment. So last night with uh, Sasha and Bailey, I really love that they haven't actually turned on one another. It was the same thing that happened with Nikki and Alexa, where I felt like it was so obvious this turn that we're eventually getting to. 
but it never actually came. And I we started to get to the point here where I was like, are they really just that good friends? <clears throat> Here's how I know that that they're not, and the moment that I'm really looking forward to. Corey Graves finally admitted on commentary while those two were on their way to the ring, he said that he was mistaken about Sasha Banks and their friendship. This man has advocated for years what a snake Sasha Banks is and that she is going to turn her back on Bailey at any moment. This, this man has finally come around. And now when Sasha Banks does turn her back on Bailey, he is going to lose his fucking mind. And I cannot wait to hear his call on that moment. Uh, Greg, are you with us? I thought we were going in the order we went in, so I was waiting for Blake. Uh, uh, I'll just do one, and it was Asuka and Liv Morgan. I thought it was a pretty good match. Liv looked really good, and I know she lost, and that kind of sucks, but you know what? It was against Asuka, and I thought they put on a good match, and I want to see more Liv Morgan. I want to see Liv Morgan win Money in the Bank. So even as a big Liv Morgan fan and knowing that this was essentially a squash match, I agree with you. I did enjoy the match, and I actually didn't feel like there was any damage to Liv Morgan at the end of it. I felt like, man, she hung in there with one of the best. Yep, I agree with that. That's how I felt. I mean, Asuka, Asuka still has that She is that the aura. female Daniel Bryan. Yeah, she is. That's, you that's can just kind of reference. You can take her at any position on the card at any time, and I'll buy into it. So I didn't really have any more honorable mentions that haven't been touched on. So I want to read a little bit of something that just came from WWE involving the NXT uh, Cruiserweight Championship tournament. Breaking uh, news! This is from WWE themselves. Uh, William Regal has said that <laughs> said that the format is going to be eight superstars split into four into groups of four. Uh, those superstars will compete against the people in their group. And the two superstar, well, the one superstar from each group that has the best record will be the two to face each other for the title. Uh, in the event of any ties within the group, it will be settled with a head-to-head, and that person will be the one to go on to fight for the, the cruiserweight. Um, it will be two different groups, and no wrestlers have been named for the event yet, but they have released the format. Cool. All right, that's interesting. So at first, as I was reading it, I'm like, oh, great. They're just doing the TNT style. And then when they said that instead of it being like a bracket thing, each person in each group is going to fight each other. So all all four wrestlers in those groups will have a chance to go one on one. And then the best records from each group go against each other, which is pretty cool. That's a pretty unique twist. Yeah, that's that's what I was saying. Like, as soon as I read that part, I'm like, all right, cool. It's not just uh, uh, the same format we see all the time. And that's why there I wanted to share it. All right, I think that about wraps us up. Did you guys, any last minute things you wanted to say? Um, no, that was it. I enjoyed it this week. Um, what I, was everybody's I, favorite show? NXT. I mean, NXT, wow, AEW. Actually, NXT was my favorite show this week. Okay. I, didn't have any, I didn't have any rants for AEW this week. Uh, in last place this week, we have Monday Night Raw. In third place, we have Friday Night SmackDown. Your winner, A.E.